Welcome to The Art of Medicine, the program that explores the arts, business, and clinical aspects of the practice of medicine. I'm Dr. Andrew Wilner, and my guest today is Larry West. Welcome, Larry. Hey, thank you for having me. Larry, you know, this program, we do a lot of different things, and one of the topics is the business of medicine, and that's why you're here today. We're going to talk about taxes. So tell me, well, we'll just cut to the chase. How can I save money on taxes, right? That's You are a tax planner, is that right? That's right. That's right. A, a tax planner. Um, and, it, you know, I, I, I different that from some of the other uh, CPAs and accountants in our field in, in that tax planning and strategy is more of a proactive approach. And uh, simply put, it's the, hey, here's what you should, could uh, do this year, as opposed to this is what you should have, would have, could have done last year. Now, what kind of training do you have? What, what, do you, what kind of training gives you the background to kind of become an expert in that? Yeah, so uh, a couple of things there. My, when we talk about credentials, I am what's called an enrolled agent. Uh, which is a tad bit different from uh, CPAs, which are what most people have heard of. Enrolled agents are individuals that are specifically licensed by Department of Treasury, i.e. the IRS, to represent taxpayers uh, and resolve tax matters. And so my specialty is specifically in the, uh, in the tax, uh, excuse me, tax space. And uh, we work with clients in all 50 states. Uh, I've been an enrolled agent for eight years now, going on eight years. Uh, and I've also been in the tax space, uh, public accounting space specifically uh, for an equal amount of time. Uh, I came right out of school, jumped into the financial advising side, landed on the tax side of things. Didn't really like it at first, but uh, learned to love the strategy. And it's just been an amazing career since. All right. So I, I, and, and this is ringing a bell because when I talked with my CPA, you know, I pay him every month. And part of the deal was, well, if the IRS ever investigates you, I'll, I'll represent you and I'll stand by. He said, but, you know, there are those instances where it can get a little hairy and I might need help. So are, are you the kind of guy he would call if 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 it got like too deep for him? Yep, absolutely. So it would be someone like myself uh, who specializes in this area or a tax attorney, uh, one of the two that could represent taxpayers uh, before the IRS and in, in some cases represent taxpayers in tax court. So who needs a tax pla- a tax planner? Yeah, you know, uh, short answer, everyone needs a tax planner. If you're making money, you, you certainly need one. Uh, but I think more specifically, uh, business owners uh, and or investors absolutely need tax planners and tax strategists. Uh, all too often, the story has been, hey, here's my stuff, you know, whether that's a box of receipts or just my financials for the year, tell me what I owe. Uh, and I think when you do it that way, you're doing yourself a disservice to an extent. And, where, and you're leaving money on the table, quite frankly, where you really get the value is when you do the proactive planning of, hey, here's what my year is looking like so far. What are the things I should do before December 31st to uh, capture some tax savings for this year? Uh, But more importantly, I understand what my next couple of years are going to look like. What are some things that I should be doing now to help protect myself from taxation down the line? Uh, I think we're in an environment now where taxes, I think everyone, uh, you know, generally agrees that taxes are likely going to go up. And so the planning you do now sets the stage for what happens in those years uh, where taxes start to rise. Okay, so I see a lot of opportunity here because the only way I know to pay less taxes is to earn less money. And, I, and I've, I've pursued that strategy before. 
and uh, you know the government got less and I got less and it's and it was all legal now is there some more advantageous approach for saving money on taxes yeah absolutely uh, and, and I'll say a couple of things you know some people uh, absolutely despise taxes uh, but the reality is if you're paying taxes you probably earn some money so <laughs> that's the small silver lining there um, and, and quite frankly, when you are a, a business owner and or investor, the tax code kind of opens up to you and you have a lot more opportunities, which is why you hear about ultra wealthy individuals uh, paying less in taxes than uh, some other folks. And so uh, from, from a business perspective, of course, you have a, uh, a wide array of deductions and other strategies that are available to you. Um, but this is also true for higher income earners as well. I, I think there are some unique strategies that, uh, that they can deploy as well. So, you know, and this is, again, the value of having a tax strategist, someone who's looking at your situation, who also understands the IRS tax code, marries those two together to say, hey, based on these dynamics, these variables, we can do X, which will save you Y. Um, and, you know, you don't have to make less money to do it. All right. So I, I need an example. Let's suppose I'm making, I don't know, let's pick a number out of the air. There's a, a pretty successful uh, professional out there who's making $300,000 a year. So he's in some mm -hmm. pretty high bracket, but but maybe not the highest. Yep. So what can he do? All right. You see, you yeah. look at his so stuff and... So, so a couple of things there. Uh, let's assume he's making $300,000 a year. Let's also assume that they're a, a business owner. Uh, a couple of things that we will look at. One, is there an opportunity to employ your family, right? Uh, specifically uh, a spouse and or kids. And, you know, quite frankly, it's moving money from pocket A to pocket B. It's money you would have spent anyway, but now there's a legitimate reason for doing so by virtue of having your business. That's the same as having your kids come in and do some administrative filing for you. That's the same as having your spouse assist with your with your business. Uh, and now you've essentially created a deduction. And when we talk about kids specifically, you've now moved things from what could be a 25 percent, 30 percent tax bracket down to their tax bracket, which is zero or close to zero. Right. So you garner some savings there. Uh, the other thing, too, we all have been involved with W-2 jobs where our employers offer um, fringe benefits, that being uh, retirement plans, 401ks or perhaps even uh, uh, health insurance and or car allowances. Now that you have a business, you can do those same exact things for your employees as well. Uh, and your employees just happen to be people that are in your household. So again, it's keeping the money circular. It's moving it from A to B. There are legitimate business reasons for doing so, but now you get a tax deduction. Um, and so those, those are just a few uh, right off the top that you can uh, that you could actually use. Um, and I think there are, there are definitely more that could be uncovered there once we get into that unique situation. But um, hiring the family, hiring the kids, using fringe benefits and running those uh, through the company and mileage, tracking your mileage. IRS allows you to deduct 56 cents per mile here in 2021. Dallas-Fort Worth, you could drive 10,000 miles like that, right? <laughs> That's a $5,600 deduction. And so you can just imagine what that potentially grows into. Now, I don't know if I was the IRS, I think I'd raise an eyebrow when I saw this guy who's, you know, paying, you know, 10, 20, 30,000 dollars to his, you know, eight year old uh, for uh, help, you know, with the business. So uh, how do you justify something like that? You know, how do you make it look real in case anybody sort of starts, you know, looking a little more closely to make sure it's uh, above board? 
Absolutely. And the key here, documentation is absolutely key. Document, document, document. You know, when, when we get involved with audits, the, the losing strategy is that people have done all these things with no documentation of how and or why. <laughs> and, and of course, it's years later down the line when the IRS decides to, to pick you apart for a problem. And so documentation is necessary. When we talk about hiring family members, hiring kids in particular, uh, one, make sure they're your kids, not your buddy's kids, right? <laughs> That's kind of step one. Uh, but step two, you want to treat them as an actual employee. There should be a job description that they're responsible for. Uh, you wouldn't hire anyone off the streets without a description of what they'll actually perform or do for your company. The same would go uh, if, even if you hired your kids. Also appropriately tracking their hours. Now, uh, an eight-year-old that uh, you know amasses 2,000 hours for the year, that's very unlikely, right? That's like a full-time job. So uh, make sure you're appropriately tracking their hours and paying them commiserate with the work that they're actually performing. Um, some people get very aggressive, right? And their children are models, right? They go on the front of their brochure and they just pay them the max $12,000 a year. Um, and that could be legitimate, right? The market decides what, what, what that particular industry makes. But if we're talking about simple administrative things, you're probably not paying them a set $40,000 salary. You want to make sure that you have an, uh, an appropriate hourly work rate um, and or salary, and just make sure the work that they're performing matches the description. And as long as you have those things, uh, you should be okay. That way, it doesn't look like you're just uh, simply uh, funneling money. Now, would, would you also pay like social security for them and, and workman's comp? And does it, it sounds like it might be complicated. Yeah, so, and this is where it gets fun too. And this is where the strategy comes into place. Because if you have kiddos that are 17 years or younger, and you have the appropriate entity structure, paying them out of an LLC and or a partnership, they actually don't pay social security or Medicare tax 17 years or younger. Now, if you have 18 years or older, then that's different. Uh, you definitely would pay Social Security and Medicare tax. And whether you take on the other expenses like workman's comp, uh, state unemployment insurance, and, and different things like that, those uh, are very likely and those are dependent on the state that you operate in. But when you think about the savings, it's justified. Imagine being in a 30% tax bracket and perhaps you have um, family or kiddos that you could pay $12,000 to. That's $12,000 that you can move from 30% down to 0%. And even if you have to pay the nominal state unemployment insurance or the nominal workman's comp, you still come out on top. And so net, you still end up winning. Uh, and, and it still ends up being a really, a really good strategy. Um, now, where I started that conversation, remember, appropriate entity structure, which is why you should work with the tax planner, because if you're paying your kiddos out of a corporation, all of that kind of goes away and you got to pay Social Security and Medicare tax. But if you're not, then you can have some fun and, and have some additional savings on top of it. Using a, an LLC or just a sole proprietorship? Yep. Using an LLC or a sole proprietorship or perhaps even a, uh, a partnership. Either of those uh, tax structures will allow you to, again, pay your kiddo who's 17 years or younger and not have to pay Social Security or Medicare tax. So let's suppose I want to do this tomorrow. Um, now, you mentioned state rules. Can I hire you? You're in Texas, you know, and I'm in Tennessee. Is that going to work? Or uh, do I need somebody who's like, you know, like an attorney? I got to find, you know, I just moved to Tennessee a few years ago. I got to find all my new, you know, professionals because uh, the attorneys are state specific. 
What about what about a guy like you? Are you state specific or are you uh, international? Yeah, so many CPAs and EAs can work with clients across state lines. Uh, EAs in particular can work with clients in all 50 states. And while CPAs uh, do have a specific state license, uh, that comes more on the lines of representation. They can still work with clients uh, in other states. And so, uh, especially given where the world is going today, uh, we're almost becoming borderless. Uh, what, what you really want to make sure is that whichever individual you work with does understand your unique state tax implications. Um, so Tennessee may have some very nuanced things that Texas just doesn't have. And so before I would accept you as a client, I want to make sure those are things that I'm um, well versed in and I can help support you with. Otherwise, the relationship may not work. Um, and this is especially true when you get into complicated states like California, New York, Illinois, very aggressive tax states. Aggressive in that they're taking money? Is of course. <laughs> California's individual tax rate, I think, is, is knocking on 10%, if not more than that, uh, which is insane. Um, and, you know, if you sneeze in that state, they want a piece of it. <laughs> now, are we talking, I just want to clarify some uh, terminology. Are we talking about loopholes here? You know, it, it, it depends on, on one's perspective. What I, the way I look at it is it's, it's written in the tax code. Uh, it's perf- as long as it's written in a tax code and it's perfectly legal, then it's a strategy that's available to you. Uh, loophole has kind, kind of gotten a, a dirty connotation because it makes it seem like you're dodging something that you're obligated to, uh, to pay. And the reality is you're only obligated to pay your fair share of taxes. If the tax code supports you taking a particular deduction, and you have the legitimate documentation to support it, and you've abided by the IRC, and there's case law to support it, it's not really a loophole, is it? It's just a strategy that's available to you. Okay, so your expertise is uh, making sure that uh, loopholes are legal. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> and then you they're know, not. I may, then they're not I may loopholes. Have to coin that as a uh, as a domain name. Legal loopholes. <laughs> legal loopholes. Yeah, I think I think that'll work. I think that'll work. So what's the deal with rich people? You know, you keep reading in the paper these guys are making millions, if not billions, of dollars, and I'm paying more taxes than they are. What's what's their secret? Yeah, you know, uh, when you really get down to it, um, the production of income is what's taxed in the United States. Meaning, if I go out and I do something and it earns a dollar, there's usually a tax associated with it. What's not taxed right now, at least as, at the time that we're talking, uh, is wealth. Um, and you know that, that's a bit subjective depending on a state tax and some things like that. But for the most part, there's no wealth tax that exists right now. And so what you see are fairly well-off people who have high net worth, they are, their money is tied up in investments, and so they're worth millions and billions of dollars. But until they actually commence a transaction, and produce some money, it doesn't necessarily create a tax. And so when you see someone like a Jeff Bezos, for example, that is seemingly a billionaire, that those billions of dollars are tied up in investments and he doesn't necessarily have to trigger a taxable event, meaning he doesn't have to sell Amazon stock to make money. He can borrow against his Amazon stock or some of his other investments. Mm. And so he uses creative strategies like that uh, amongst other things to really uh, make sure his lifestyle is secured, but also not pay um, any taxes. So, um, you know, that, that's an area that I think a lot of us as Americans are, are trying to move towards in terms of uh, building and preserving wealth. But again, as of right now, no tax on wealth, it's just a tax on when income is actually produced. 
and that's where the uh, the ultra wealthy start to win. So right, so we're back to uh, the problem is when you have a job, and you get paid, that's when you get taxed. That's okay. right. When you have a job, you get paid. That's when you get taxed. And so the uh, the smart thing to do uh, is, is to uh, you don't necessarily have to be an entrepreneur in order to take advantage of all these strategies. But what you do have to do is be an investor of some sorts, right? That's taking the money and putting it in strategic places that allows it to grow uh, and seemingly build wealth. So one of the more obvious places that you hear people talk about real estate, right? So tying your money up in a piece of uh, uh, in an asset that appreciates over time. You buy it for 100000 hopefully years from now, it's worth 500000 But that $400,000 of growth, you haven't paid taxes on that until such time that you tried to sell it. And even then, there are unique things that you can do to help uh, defer the tax on, on that particular transaction. And so it's about building wealth, putting money in strategic places that defer tax. That's the, uh, that's the playbook. Now, we're getting towards the end of the year. Is there anything that I should be thinking about to, to get all my paperwork together to make it easier for my CPA to figure out how much I need to, you know, pay on April 15th? Yeah, you know, I'll say a couple of things here. One, I would encourage everyone, if they haven't done so already, have a conversation with your CPA or your accountant before the end of the year, uh, and hopefully several times throughout the year so that they're abreast on the changes that have happened uh, with you and for you. Because- you could have started a business and made a ton of money and they could have put strategies in place to help you save on taxes, or you could have lost your job and your tax bracket dropped and they could have put things in place to help you not pay so much in perhaps quarterly taxes or different things like that. So conversations are key. Uh, the second thing, look at all of the tax um, favorable or excuse me, tax deferral vehicles available to you, whether you own a business or you work a, a, a regular job, that being Funding your HSA, if you have that available to you, that creates a tax deduction. Maximizing your retirement contributions, at least to the point that you get the company match, that's free money plus a tax deduction. Uh, and of course, the strategies we've kind of already discussed, travel, mileage, paying your family, uh, those are all some key things that can be done before the end of the year. Uh, and then perhaps, you know, for those, th those that are uh, in the market and or crypto en enthusiasts, is it time to harvest those uh, those losses uh, to create capital losses that can help offset potential capital gains that you incurred. So I like this idea of hiring my family. I'm going to talk to my wife tonight and uh, can I have your number just in case I have to call you because I don't really know how well that's going to, that idea is going to uh, fly. So now how do I know if I hire you that you're going to save me more money with these strategies and it's going to actually cost to hire you? How does that, how does that balance out? Yep. So uh, a couple of things there. Uh, most of us, our intake process, and this is true of my company, uh, but a, a lot of other CPA, EA firms out there as well, we do an evaluation before you come on board as a client. So we request all kinds of documents. We want to see your prior tax returns. We want to see your current financial uh, standing. We look at a lot of things and we try to make that determination of, yeah, not only can I just do your tax prep and tell you what you owe, but I do know based on these variables, I can save you X. Um, and it, it comes down to making an investment. Uh, the reality is if, you're, if your person, your accountant, your CPA isn't saving you money, they're effectively costing you money. And we should be looked at as an investment and an ROI. If I cost, you know, let's call it seven or $8,000 a year, am I saving you 16 to 24,000? 
I don't know about you, but if someone gave me 24,000 in exchange for eight, I'd do that deal all day long. Uh, and that's, that's exactly how we should work uh, in terms of our, uh, our profession. So you would make an assessment. It's like, yeah, Dr. Mueller, I can help you. Or no, you're doing everything that you can do. And unless you, you know, start a successful business and uh, on the side, you know, you're just, you know, there's, there's no, no, nothing else that you can save money on as far as the IRS is concerned. So you'd make that determination. Yeah, we, we, could, we can make that determination uh, fairly reasonably. Uh, but then there's also future variables. Uh, so there are, all, there are additional questions because while things may be steady eddy here in 2021, you may have a lifetime event that you know is coming in 2022, and we can do some things today to help prepare for that. And I guess part of your review of all these financials is to make sure you don't get involved with somebody who hasn't paid taxes in the last 10 years and probably should have, right? So that your name doesn't go down on that. I think that's really why you want to see all that paperwork. That's, that's accurate. You know, it, it's almost like dating. We've got to court each other <laughs> to make sure we're, uh, we're actually a good match. Um, and that's important because, you know, we don't take on every single client. There's some clients that we just don't uh, match well with. And of course, you know, clients don't uh, date every CPA that they, uh, that they interview with, right? All right. One last question. How do I protect myself from an audit? Because I've heard that that hasn't happened to me yet, but you know, it's just one of those things and it sounds like a nightmare. So how do I keep that from happening? Yeah. So I'll say a couple of things there. One, um, getting involved with professionals who have a high level of character and integrity that won't uh, tell you to do do things that they can't support. Uh, But then two, um, you know, in, in terms of audits, uh, a lot of times, uh, in many cases, excuse me, these are these could be random selections. And so the, the true protection is document, document, document. Uh, if you're going to engage in any strategy, even as simple as writing off your mileage, keep documentation to support it. Uh, I have a friend, his name is Malachi, and he says this all the time. The IRS only has to prove income, and they have tons of ways of, of proving that you actually made money you as the taxpayer have to prove the deduction. So your documentation is gonna be key to that. Well, Larry, this has been informative and fun. And uh, I wanna thank you for joining me on The Art of Medicine. Awesome, thank you, it's been an absolute pleasure. Ah, before we go, just in case some of our listeners and watchers wanna get in touch with you, how do they do that? Absolutely, Uh, you're welcome to visit our website, Uh, It is PB, like peanut butter and jelly, pb-strategies.com. So the company is Precision Business Strategies. So again, that's www.pb-strategies.com. That's great. And I'll I'll put that in the show notes uh, as well. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks very much, Larry. It was great. This program is hosted, edited, and produced by Andrew Wilner, MD, FACP, FAAN. Guests receive no financial compensation for their appearance on the art of medicine. Andrew Wilner, MD, is Associate Professor of Neurology at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center, Memphis, Tennessee. Views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on this program belong solely to Dr. Wilner and his guests and not necessarily to their employers, organizations, or other group or individual. While this program intends to be informative, it is meant for entertainment purposes only. The Art of Medicine does not offer professional financial, legal, or medical advice. 
Dr. Wilner and his guests assume no responsibility or liability for any damages, financial or otherwise, that arise in connection with consuming this program's content. Thanks for watching. For more episodes of The Art of Medicine, please subscribe www.andrewwilner.com.